Republican Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene is on trial, sort of. Greene has not committed any crime, but Georgia Democrats have dragged her into court anyway by using an arcane provision of the law to try to stop her from running for re-election. Georgia Democrats are arguing that the 14th Amendment bars Greene from seeking re-election because one of the lesser noted provisions of that amendment bars people who have, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States from serving in Congress. Never mind that Marjorie Taylor Greene has never been convicted of insurrection. Never mind that she's never been charged with insurrection. Never mind that she never engaged in an insurrection. These Democrats are arguing that because Marjorie Greene raised questions about the 2020 election, you know, the election where they changed all the rules right beforehand, you know, that one, Uh, because Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, raised any of these questions, because the horn hat guy took pictures in the Capitol on January 6th, that that somehow disqualifies this popular congressman from holding office. You probably have not heard of this provision of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution because it has not seriously been used in about 150 years. Hasn't been used really since Reconstruction. In the years after the Civil War, the Union worked to prevent former Confederate officials from holding office. And then since then, the provision has hardly ever even been mentioned until now. Just this year, Democrats in North Carolina tried to pull the same stunt to keep another popular Republican congressman, Madison Cawthorn, off the ballot there. Indiana Democrats tried to keep Republican Jim Banks off the ballot. The courts, fortunately, in North Carolina and Indiana were both responsible enough to laugh this scheme out of court. Georgia, on the other hand, is letting the circus proceed. And you know that um, the term 1776 is actually a term that's sometimes used in politics today. I don't know if you've noticed our state seal here in Georgia. I know you're not from Georgia. But as you can see, we, we enjoy our history and, and we're proud of our freedoms. 1776 is on our state seal. Great. And it's also a term that's used in political discourse in America today. I don't use it as a term of violence. But you use it as a term, right? So the, the Democrats, if you couldn't catch what he was doing there, the Democrats are insinuating that if you endorse the number 1776, that you're an insurrectionist. That if you endorse the year of the American Revolution, you are somehow an opponent of America. You're anti-American if you support the American Revolution. So imply the Democrats. It doesn't just stop there. That wasn't, Marjorie Taylor Greene's crime was not merely using the phrase 1776, which as she points out, appears on the state seal. No, no, it goes further. She, she, her, her, her strategy around Independence Day was even more insidious. The last thing you say in the video is, we aren't the people that are going to go quietly into the night. Do you recall that part? Yes. Now, that phrase, we aren't the people that are going to go quietly into the night, that's not something that you came up with on your own, is it? I have no idea what you mean. Well, that's something that you borrowed from a movie script, right? I don't know what you're talking about. You borrowed that line from the movie Independence Day, right? <laughs> no. Let's go to the videotape as well. This is what they're getting her on. They're dragging a, a member of Congress before a judge 
to suggest that some of her lines, the, the sort of now even cliche, very popular lines she's using are from a movie like Independence Day. By the way, the line goes back much further than Independence Day. Ridiculous as it sounds, this stunt may actually work and no one's talking about it. And it is a major threat to our electoral integrity. This, this could theoretically make it all the way up to the Supreme Court if a lower court does not strike this stunt down first. It doesn't look particularly good for Democrats who know that they can't beat Marjorie Greene in an election. So now they're just trying to pervert the law to prevent voters from having the chance to elect her in the first place. But it's not just about Greene. And it's not about Madison Cawthorn. And it's not about Jim Banks. And actually, in my humble opinion, it's not about 2022 at all. This is so clearly a test run by Democrats to see if they can keep Donald Trump off the ballot in 2024 for the same reason. It's an admission that Democrats don't think they can beat him fair and square. It's an admission that they're willing to bend the law and pervert the electoral process to maintain power. And dare I say it, I don't want to get in trouble. Dare I say it, it's an admission that maybe the people such as Green who doubted certain aspects of the 2020 election had every right to be skeptical. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from Epic Ape, who says, what's disappointing about that judge striking down the mask mandate is Mr. Knowles won't have to do his Fauci impression as much anymore. Do not worry, you. Do not worry. Dr. Fauci is not going anywhere, okay? Unless you banish him to St. Helena, Dr. Fauci is going to be here for a long, long time, okay? Don't, don't, I wouldn't worry about that. Well, I would worry about that, actually, but the silver lining is I will uh, do my Dr. Fauci impression. Now, when, when you want to turn away from the horrors bedeviling our politics, you want to focus on something good, good for you, good for your family, good for your country, you got to go check out Good Ranchers. What do you think I had for dinner on Saturday? I think you know Saturday in the Knowles household means good ranchers. I had delicious New York strip steaks. That was for me and sweet little Elisa. Cute baby June had his better than organic chicken with the delicious good ranchers garlic rub on top, which is just enough to really spice up the flavor, but not too much. It's not overwhelming. You can still put your own spin on it. It's just magnificent. I love these guys. The beef is extraordinarily high quality. It the, the craziest part of it all is that right now we're, we're in this historic moment where food prices are going through the roof and Good Ranchers is giving you the opportunity not only to get actual good American beef, but to lock in your price. So you can lock in your price right now, even though the prices are getting higher as summer approaches, you can lock it in and get a $30 discount on prime steaks and better than organic chicken today at GoodRanchers.com slash Knowles to save on the quality that you've been looking for. Go to Good Ranchers right now. Take the guesswork out of the grocery store. Shop local. Have it shipped to your door. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, and enjoy your box of 100% American meat and your $30 savings. Order now to combat inflation with Good Ranchers American Meat Delivered. The Marjorie Green hearing, this attempt to use the 14th Amendment to stop this popular woman from seeking re-election, It tells you everything you need to know about 2022 and 2024 and the modern Democrat party. They don't think they can win at the ballot box. They don't think in a fair and square election that they can win. And so they've got to prevent her from even getting to the place where 
she can be put up for a vote, where people can vote for her and send her back to Congress. And they got to do the same thing to Jim Banks, and they got to do the same thing to Madison Cawthorn, and they have to do the same thing to Donald Trump. Because despite Democrats insisting that Joe Biden got 70 bazillion votes, the most votes of any human being ever in the history of the world, they don't really believe it. They don't really think he's popular. They don't think they can win fair and square. They're going to try to change all the voting rules and turn election day into election month and they're, or more. They're going to try to turn the ballot box into widespread mail-in ballots, even when it's in direct violation of state constitutions, such as in Pennsylvania. They're going to try to turn the election counting process, which should take about a day or two, into a, really, it, it should be even quicker than that. They're going to try to turn it into a weeks-long process. They're, they're just going to try to cheat and steal the election. That's what they're going to try to do. You're seeing it right now. If they were confident that Marjorie Greene is a crazy, kooky insurrectionist who says all sorts of insane things and that nobody would support her, then they wouldn't be taking her to court right now. They would just let her run for re-election and they would beat her. But they're not going to beat her because they don't, they aren't confident of that and they've got nothing to offer the country. When, when the, I said this uh, last week when I was speaking at, at Boston, when the right attacks the left, we just put their own words before them. When the left attacks the right, they censor us, they intimidate us, they try to kick us out of the public square, they try to arrest us. <laughs> they, they do whatever they can to shut us up. When we attack the left, we present their own words before them. That is what the Libs of TikTok saga is about. An anonymous Twitter, a formerly anonymous Twitter account called Libs of TikTok just reposted already public videos of Libs from a platform that a lot of younger people are on to a platform that older people are on, which is Twitter. And it was, there was no editing. There was no deceptive technique. Libs of TikTok just presented what the left was saying. And the left got so upset about it that they got the Washington Post to dox the woman behind the account and try to shut down the account and try to silence them because they know that what the libs are suggesting, which is the sexualization of children, the promotion of critical race theory, the, the erasure of America's borders, the list goes on and on and on. What the left is selling, the American people are not buying. And so the, the libs have to shut us up. That's what this Twitter saga is about right now with Elon Musk potentially buying Twitter. Twitter has taken very aggressive, targeted steps to silence conservatives. Most infamously, they, they kicked the duly elected sitting president of the United States off of Twitter and Facebook and Google while he was president. They, they did that because they felt that he was too persuasive. He had too much influence, but they do it to a ton of other conservatives. They did it to the Babylon Bee, for goodness sakes. And so Elon Musk has been going in and, and the Twitter board, along with major financial institutions, BlackRock, State Street, uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, for some reason, came in and they said, oh no, we can't have free speech on Twitter. Oh no, we can't have conservatives have more of a voice in the public square than they currently do. And so they, they teamed up and they actually harmed shareholder value to try to stop Elon Musk from taking over and freeing up the speech of conservatives. But it appears that that is not working. There is breaking news right now. It's happening right now as we are recording that Twitter is finally relenting because Elon Musk raised enough money to potentially just buy out the company. And he's threatening a tender offer and he's doing all sorts of, of maneuvers that, that looks like he's going to be able to outfox the Twitter board. There is a report out now that, that Musk and Twitter were up all night negotiating what the buyout looks like. This is happening in real time, so we'll update you during this show if anything changes. But, but they're fighting it tooth and nail because they know that 
the, the value of controlling our political order is a hell of a lot higher than $54.20 per share, which is what Elon Musk is offering for Twitter. That's much higher than the actual value of the Twitter company. But the, the value of that political power to keep half the country basically gagged up and silenced, that is extraordinarily, extraordinarily valuable. Now, when you're thinking about your valuables, I strongly recommend you get a will, which is why you need Epic Will. Right now, go to epicwill.com, use promo code Knowles. If you're listening to this show, something tells me you're pretty tuned in with politics. You care about what happens to your country. You care about what kind of country you're going to leave to your kids and to your your kids' kids. Well, on a really basic level, have you decided what's going to happen with your personal legacy? What's going to happen with your, with literally your kids if something should happen to you? You got to get that in order first before you worry about those big political questions. It's why you need to set your will. If you have not made a will yet, you are not alone, but we're going to make it super easy for you at epicwill.com when you use promo code Knowles. We are extremely excited that Epic Will is partnering with us at The Daily Wire. They're protecting our staff and our families. Let them protect yours. Epicwill.com. Use promo code Knowles. That's how easy it is. You just secure your future in as little as five minutes. You get a complete package starting at $119. It's an incredibly good deal. When you use promo code Knowles, you will save 10%. Epicwill.com. This will be the most important five minutes you spend today. Libs of TikTok has just gotten a death threat. Uh, libs of TikTok. Look, a lot of people on the internet get death threats. Some of them are more credible than others. This one seems credible to me. Uh, it was from this uh, anonymous account that says assassination mode activated, activation word libs of TikTok target. Then they mention this woman's name, some personal information, begin operation. And it's a picture of a guy holding what is either a fully automatic weapon or at least a pretty serious looking black rifle. Why would this be a serious uh, assassination threat? Because the Washington Post doxed the woman and even hyperlinked to her physical address. So now Libs of TikTok, uh, look, she's standing firm. The girl who's behind that account is standing firm. She's continuing to post content. But I get why she would be scared right now. The Post put out as as much of her her personal information as they possibly could. And uh, and there are crazy people in this world, and and they're doing it because they know that they can't refute what she's saying. They can't argue with her. Why would? They, how could they argue with her? She's just posting their own words. And so what they've got to try to do is threaten her and intimidate her and silence her, and and possibly kill her, and possibly actually kill her. There is no journalistic reason to have docked libs of TikTok. There is there is no noble journalistic cause that was served by that. The only reason to do it is to impel people to harass her or attack her or possibly kill her. That's the, on, that's the only possible explanation. You tell me, what else could the Washington Post have been after? Why else would they hyperlink to her physical address? If, if, if any of the libs can come up with a different explanation, a less nefarious explanation, I'm open to hear it. I just can't think of one. And I, I don't think anyone else can either. The Dems are furious now. Okay. I'm not saying that the Republicans are not playing politics in a tough way. I'm not saying that it's the poor beleaguered Republicans who are just getting rolled over by the Democrats. That's not true. Actually, the Republicans are getting much more aggressive in a way that I think is terrific. But the difference is the Republicans are doing it within the political process and the Democrats are doing it by outside of the political process, by trying to dox people, by trying to prevent people from running for office in the first place. 
Great example of this is Florida. Florida just decided to take away certain special government privileges from the Disney Corporation because Disney is wielding its immense political power to try to trans the kids and undermine the will of Florida voters. So the, the Republicans have gone in there in the state legislature and Governor DeSantis and taken away certain special tax privileges, and the Florida Dems are losing their mind over it. And we will vote on these two bills. It is my hope that we will be able to proceed civilly and with decorum and with respect for one another. Read the next bill. By Senator Bradley, Senate Bill 4C, a bill to be entitled an act relating to independent special districts. Members, we will either go into structured debate or we will call the previous question. Representative Renner, you're recognized for a motion. Mr. Speaker, I move the previous question on the bill. Representative Renner moves the previous question on the bill. This motion is not debatable and requires a majority vote. All in favor say aye. aye. All opposed, no. Show the bill, show it motion passes. We will now proceed to call the previous question. Well, I think it was, you know, remember that girl from election night 2016, the one in the kind of neon jacket who, when, when Trump was announced as the winner, she goes, no, and she screams to the sky. I think she must now be an elected member of the Florida legislature on the Democrat side, because that's what you're, no, no, you can't take away special privileges from a $200 billion corporation. No. I, I'm old enough to remember Occupy Wall Street. Do you remember that? That was the big leftist cause du jour in 2012, 2013, when the, the libs were protesting the big corporations and the terrible stinking corruption and how the big corporations were in bed with big government. Remember that? And now they are demanding that the government give special privileges to some of the biggest corporations. I love what happened in Florida. I think it's absolutely terrific. I'm glad that the state legislature took away the special privileges from Disney. It is, a, it is a slightly complicated issue in that it's not going to take effect for a year. There's a, a fair chance that if, if the special self-governing district uh, that has conferred these tax advantages to Disney, if that goes away, then the, the debt that was incurred by that self-governing district will actually fall to the taxpayers of Florida. So that's possible. That's one reason that maybe it's actually not going to work out in the end. Uh, there is a debate also raging on the right and, and uh, among people from pretty different political backgrounds. Uh, people, well, Jeremy Boring, God King of the Daily Wire, is in principle basically opposed to what the Florida legislature did. Uh, Jenna Ellis, lawyer for President Trump, also basically opposed to what the Florida legislature did. I myself am for it. I think it's good, but I recognize it's a nuanced kind of situation. Uh, ben, I think, is basically for it. But, it, but the, the fear is this. Here's the fear that some people on the right are raising, that this is just retaliation by the Florida legislature because this corporation used its massive political influence to say something that, and, and to exercise its political speech in a way that the government didn't like. Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. One, I think that's how politics works generally. I think that big, powerful interests, whether it's in government or whether it's in technology or whether it's in entertainment or whether it's in corporate America writ large, or whether it's in the media or wherever, I think that they exercise their power 
And politics is a lot more than just the government or just the agencies or just the legislature, that politics is really how all of these interests interact together. Politics is just how we get along together in public life. So I have no problem if Republicans and conservatives have been completely ousted from every major center of power. And the only thing that we can hold on to these days is pretty much just the legislature occasionally, the governor's mansion occasionally, then that's where we should exercise our power. I have no problem with that. If, if you're more of the libertarian persuasion, maybe you have a little bit more of a problem. I certainly don't. I'm not a libertarian. I'm lowercase c conservative, so it, do, it doesn't really bother me. But I, I do recognize that there can be a fear here. Well, what happens when it's a conservative company? Let's say it's, uh, I don't know, Domino's Pizza. Are they conservative? I think some of the pizza companies are at least, right? Any conservative, the Daily Wire. Let's say the Daily Wire wants to exercise our political speech. What if we're punished by the government? I don't think that quite holds up here because what the government is doing is not issuing a new penalty on Disney. It's not that the government is going in and saying, okay, we've got a special Disney tax. We got the groomer tax and the groomer tax is going to be paid exclusively by Disney. No, what the Democrat or what the Florida legislature is doing is saying, hey, Disney, you had special privileges by virtue of your being Disney and we're going to take those away now. And to me, that's totally fair game. If a corporation wants to get in bed with the government and wield its immense political power to get special privileges from the government, and, and then wield its political power to try to groom the kids and oppose what the voters of, of Florida want, don't be surprised when the privileges go away. Regardless of where you stand on this debate, though, it, it should be clear as day. The way Republicans are fighting here, very aggressively, is within the political process. Unlike the Democrats who are doing it outside of the political process, who are doing it by silencing politicians on social media, who are doing it by by trying to kick politicians off the ballot using BS provisions of the law from 150 years ago. The way they're doing it is outside of that process because they think that they're going to lose. But Republicans are getting pretty tough. I love this story, this out of Texas, Governor Abbott. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he's got this historic influx of illegal aliens pouring over the border. We had 2 million illegal aliens come in last year. We're going to blow way past that number this year. And so what Abbott is doing is just sending buses of them to Washington, D.C. I think this is great. It's a wonderful use of power. You could have some people who are really into the nitty gritty of the procedure saying, no, come on, this isn't fair. This is an illegitimate use of government power. I don't think it is. I think it's it's one of the few ways that the states can still wield any power against the federal government. States' rights have been extraordinarily weakened in America, certainly since the passage of the 17th Amendment, allowing direct election of senators, but really for the whole history of the 20th century and early 21st. So if the best thing a state can do is send buses of illegals to D.C., that's fine. I wish they would send them to Martha's Vineyard. I wish they would send them to Southampton, but we can take what we can get. Now, if you want a a real, to, to exercise your power in how to knock down the libs, you should learn how to debunk their arguments. You can do it in 15 minutes or less with Ben's show, Debunked. That's right. Ben Ben has been busy working on season two of Debunked. It is extremely informative. The first episode debunks the common leftist talking point that the rich don't pay their fair share of taxes. And it's available now only at dailywire.com. Check out this sneak peek. You look at guys like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and... Scrooge McDuck. Exactly. When it comes to taxes, the rich do not pay their fair share, Mm -mm. man. It's a familiar scene, isn't it? A liberal friend, co-worker, cousin home from college, uses your dinner party to serve up a word salad of leftist mantras. Don't suffer through the bad political theater. Join me every week 
And in 15 minutes or less, I will arm you with the facts to counter the most common leftist claims so you can stand up for what you believe. Well, what is a fair share? By nearly every measure, the U.S. has the most progressive system of taxation in the world. I mean, the top 40% of earners pay 95% of all federal income tax. So they actually pay more than their share of income. So what part exactly do you think is unfair? I think they should just pay more. Bravo. Become an expert. Debunked. Season 2. Only on The Daily Wire. Okay, as a mathematician and a physicist, I think I'm pretty qualified to say... This is just, that's actually the first time I've seen that clip. Uh, really, really great stuff. Even beyond learning the political arguments, I just want to see more of the conversation. I just want to see more of the lib guy talking to his host. It's really, that's captivating stuff. If you're not already a Daily Wire member, head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code debunked for 20% off. Ben created this show to give you the confidence to counter every argument your crazy leftist friend throws your way. He's ready to debunk nine more arguments with you over the coming weeks. Use code debunked. Debunk, debunk, debunk for 20% off, off your Daily Wire membership. Today, we'll be right back with a lot more. <laughs> 750,000. That is the number of illegal aliens that Joe Biden has released into the United States since taking office. That is not the number of illegal aliens who have come into the United States since Biden took office. That number is more like what? Two and a half million or something or more, probably more than that at this point. No, 750,000 is the number of illegal aliens that Joe Biden and his administration caught that they then just released into America. Uh, That is... That is, uh, according to a brief that was dated April 14th, it was filed in the Supreme Court by Stephen Miller's American First Legal Foundation. 750,000 is larger than the population of Boston. 750,000 is equal to the population of Denver. 750,000 is larger than the population of Detroit. Every, what now, 15 months? 16 months, Joe Biden is dropping a new major American city worth of foreign nationals into this country. And he's doing it not necessarily because they're going to vote for him in the next election, though some of them might. There's this, this is how you know that the Democrats are banking on illegal aliens voting in elections, is when they tried to pass their big uh, their, their big omnibus election bill. They, they made it such that uh, illegal aliens, people would be registered to vote automatically. And they said illegal aliens will not be registered to vote, but illegal aliens will have immunity. They'll have amnesty if they are registered to vote. So they won't have, face any legal consequences. But I thought they weren't going to be registered to vote in the first place. Well, no, they're not. But then, so why do you need to protect them when they are? Well, because, because, because. So they're, they're counting on some illegal aliens voting in the upcoming elections. But really what they're banking on is the long game. They know that because our our view of birthright citizenship today in 2022 in America means that these illegal aliens' kids will be U.S. citizens and they can vote. And we know, just statistically speaking, that these kids and grandkids are going to be overwhelmingly likely to vote for Democrats. Reagan said 40, 40 years ago, 50 years ago now almost, that 
illegal, that illegals, that Hispanics are Republicans. They just don't know it yet. We've seen movement of Hispanics to the Republican camp, but nowhere near the, the kind of numbers that we would need to justify the illegal immigration. Illegal immigration has only benefited Democrats. It has only harmed Republicans. We've been waiting for the new arrivals to realize they're Republicans. It just hasn't quite happened yet. And so Democrats know if they can keep doing this every year, little over a year, you drop a new Boston, a new Detroit, a new Denver in America full of illegals, overwhelmingly likely to vote for Democrats. How long can you tolerate that before the country is just swarming with Democrats? That's a huge number of people. And, and frankly, Biden might not even know about it. Joe Biden was just asked a question about the border, and he responded with an answer about the CDC's mask ruling. On Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my uh, well, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. Because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. So Joe Biden clearly just doesn't know what Title 42 is. And Joe Biden clearly just doesn't know what the reporter was asking him. Title 42 refers to a provision of the law that regulated how illegal aliens could cross the border given the pandemic. So it was a way to use the, the public health lockdowns and the public health emergency to in some way sort of possibly uh, curtail illegal immigration. You saw that at the end of the Trump administration and then, and then into the Biden administration. So the question about Title 42 is really about how come illegal aliens are not subject to COVID measures now, but American citizens still are because you want American citizens to be locked down, but you don't want the border to be locked down because illegal aliens flooding over the border helps you politically. That's what the question's about. And Joe Biden had no clue what this person was talking about. And so he thought that the question was referring to the, the judge lifting the public transportation mask mandate. It, it reminds you that in politics, a lot of it's ideological, a lot of it's about vision for the country, but there is an aspect of the job that just comes down to basic competence, and Joe Biden doesn't have it. He was never the sharpest tool in the shed. The dude was always a doofus for his entire 50 years in politics. Everyone made fun of him. Barack Obama is still making fun of the guy. He was the laughingstock when Obama came to the White House. Obama just came back to visit at the White House. No one wanted to talk to Joe Biden. Joe Biden was just stumbling around trying to get into conversations. Obama's pushing him away because no one has any respect for this guy. He's not wielding a ton of power himself. He's a joke, okay? And he's not competent and his brain is made of pudding. I hate to put it in such harsh terms and so bluntly, but that's, that's the way it is. And so this is another reason why, why America's enemies are advancing right now is because you've got this, this guy at the helm of the ship of state who, who is not in control of himself, who doesn't really know even basic aspects of his own policy. He, he came back later on when someone told him that he made this mistake, and he said, I want to clarify that in comments at the conclusion of my remarks this morning, I was referring to the CDC's mask mandate, and there's no Department of Justice action on Title 42. Yeah, of course. We, we all knew that. We knew. Don't worry, buddy. Go back to watching Matlock. Go back to your nice comfy armchair with a nice warm glass of milk. We know. We know that you're not really the one calling the shots here. We know that the blob is just kind of operating on its own, and you are nothing but a, a vague and, and disappearing figurehead. They are going to try to lock down again, though. 
regardless of what Biden wants or doesn't want or knows or doesn't know, the libs are going to try to lock down. Again, they're furious that this Trump-appointed federal judge lifted the mask mandate, struck down the CDC's stupid mask mandate. They're furious because the mandates and the lockdowns and the whole COVID regime makes it a lot easier for them to hold on to power. I told you this from day one. I hate to say I told you so. I hate to put on my Nostradamus hat and my crystal ball and tell you what's going to happen. But I said it from day one. Even when there were many conservatives who said, the masks aren't political. The ma- it's just about public health. It was never about public health. It was always just a political symbol. And it was a political symbol to justify upending all the ordinary standards, all the way of life, shutting down businesses, completely rewriting the rules for elections. I, I knew even in recent months when, when they said, okay, we're going to go back to normal now. No, you're not. You haven't gotten rid of the national emergency authorization. You haven't really taken away Fauci's power and the CDC's power. They didn't want to lift the mask mandate. They're still trying to extend it. Oh, just another two weeks, right? Where have we heard that before? Just another two weeks to slow the spread. So it, it wasn't real. It was hurting them in the polls. So they tried to be a little subtler about it, but they want to bring this thing back. They have to bring this thing back. And and they are in certain liberal places. LA just reinstated the mask mandate at the airports and on the public transportation. How can they do that? I thought that the, the judge just shut it down. Well, you're now seeing a political battle between the CDC and a federal judge and LA County. And so LA County now is responding to the judge and saying, no, actually, you're going to have to put your masks back on again. Expect to see this. If LA County gets away with it, expect to see this elsewhere around the country. What was the argument? Well, according to not the supervisor of LA County, not the mayor of Los Angeles, not even the governor of California, according to the LA County public health director, Barbara Ferrer, she said public transportation hubs that are indoors are places where there is A, a lot of mingling, B, they're often crowded, and C, in some of those settings, it's really hard to have adequate ventilation. Uh, So uh, they are the experts, the CDC. They made a determination that at this point, having that requirement in place is necessary for the public's health, and that resonates with us, and so we're going to reinstate it. They're the experts. First of all, airplanes have never been a major source of COVID spread. Whatever you think about COVID, the libs were always waiting for airplanes to be the big source of spread. It never happened totally never happened. Never mind the hypocrisy that the libs were encouraging BLM riots without masks, by the way, but they were shutting down all of the conservative places. You leave open the pot dispensaries, you close down the churches, never mind all of that hypocrisy. Just focus on that word experts. They're the CDC, they're the experts. Are they? I doubt their expertise, frankly, even on disease at this point, because they've held every wrong answer on COVID for the past two years. But furthermore, they're not the experts when it comes to setting policy. They're at least not supposed to be. We're supposed to be the experts. This is self-government, or at least it's supposed to be. The masks and, and the public transport rules and the lockdowns, that is a political matter. And in self-government, in republics, political matters are supposed to be decided by us, the people. We are the experts. So what you're seeing here is not a battle over the science, which, by the way, the science on the masks has been, uh, I think, in our favor from day one, as Fauci admitted before he switched his view. The, The question at hand is who governs us? Who governs us? This was Scalia's point in, in the Obergefell decision, and a completely unrelated decision that redefined marriage to include monogamous same sex unions. In Scalia's dissent, he said, I'm not even really interested primarily in the question of what marriage is. 
My primary question today is who governs us? Is it the CDC? Is it a federal judge? In this case, I guess better than nothing. Is it the LA public health officials? Who is it? Is it us? What is this about? The libs are willing to go to any lengths to upend our political order. There is a really bizarre and sad story out of, did you know it was Earth Day? Last week it was Earth Day. I totally missed it. I don't know. That that wasn't marked off on my liturgical calendar, but I guess it was Earth Day. A man burned himself to death. A man committed suicide by lighting himself on fire at the Supreme Court to protest air pollution, to protest what he thinks is global warming. This man, Wynne Bruce, was a 50-year-old climate activist, and he was taken to a local hospital after he set himself on fire, and then he died of his, of his injuries. He he's obviously was obviously a mentally disturbed man who committed suicide. This is, this is a sad story we should all feel bad about, but some of his friends don't think that you should feel bad about that. There was one guy, a Zen Buddhist priest and environmental scientist, Dr. K. Kriti, who said, this guy was my friend. He meditated with our sangha. This act is not suicide. This is a deeply fearless act of compassion to bring attention to the climate crisis. So first of all, it, it was suicide. When you kill yourself, that's suicide by definition. This Buddhist dude or the climate guy who killed himself, they can try to justify suicide. They're not going to be successful at that because suicide is not justifiable. But regardless, it is suicide. You, you, at a certain point, you do have to call a spade a spade. That's just what to kill yourself is to commit suicide. There's a further irony here, which is the guy committed suicide in order to protest fossil fuels. How do you light himself on fire? I don't know. There isn't a lot of reporting on this. In the most famous historical examples of people setting themselves on fire to protest things, the Vietnam War, for instance, people usually pour gasoline on themselves. So it, it makes it even sadder because probably the way this dude killed himself was by burning up some fossil fuels, even if it were just the plastic in his clothing, uh, seems to be an incoherent action to protest fossil fuels by burning up some fossil fuels and releasing it into the environment and killing yourself along the way. That is disordered stuff. Again, totally outside of the political process. This guy wasn't protesting global warming or whatever by picketing outside of an oil company headquarters. He wasn't doing it by lobbying his representatives in the government. He just killed him. He, he committed an illegal action. He committed violence against himself. It wasn't against the libs of TikTok or some conservative, but it was against himself. He committed an act of violence because he was so dead set on upending the political process for his disturbed views. That's what they're doing. AOC is, is, is leaking this as well. She's foreshadowing this as well. This is not about what's going on today. This isn't about gas prices. This isn't about immigration. This isn't about the war in Ukraine. This is all about 2022 and really 2024. The libs are setting the stage to upend, once again, our ordinary systems of electoral politics to try to rig and to cheat and to keep the conservatives out of it. AOC is speaking out on January 6th. You know, the, the libs have really tried to make January 6th happen, and it hasn't worked. 
just like the mean girls tried to make the word fetch happen and that didn't work. Well, January 6th is not working either. And you, you don't need to take my word for it. You just look at the polls. January 6th is not resonating with voters. No one cares. No one believes that the horn hat guy was about to shred the constitution and take over the government. No one believes that that Midwestern dad who cracked Coors Light in the Capitol Rotunda posed an existential threat to the Republic. It just, no one buys it. It's just complete crap. The, the reports that came out from that day were, were just made up. The idea that the January 6th people killed cops, it didn't happen. It was just, it was just fake news. And even the Washington Post and the New York Times finally had to admit that it was fake news. They just ran their corrections on page Z2000 of the paper. So no one, no one saw them among the Times and the the Washington Post's audience. But nevertheless, it was made up. It's not resonating with voters. And AOC is still trying to make it happen. If we lose the House, this is no joke. January 6th was a trial run. And a lot of people don't seem to understand that. It was a trial run. And they're going to come back. And they win the House. Here's the thing, the technicality of what happened on January 6th. The only reason it wasn't worse was because Democrats had the House and they didn't have the votes in the House. If they take the, if they take the House, then they have the votes to not authorize and legitimize the presidential election, whatever the results are. And so this is very serious. This is very serious. January 6th was a trial, a trial run of what? Of what? They, what happened on January 6th? A rowdy crowd with potentially some federal officials in, involved in this whole thing. I don't know. I would never, I don't want to deal in crazy conspiracy theories, but I, I still want to know who Ray Epps is. I still want to, I'm still curious about that Justice for January 6th rally where it looked like it was basically a, a, a field trip from Quantico of, of guys all looking around, looking like the most fed, you know, buzzed haircut looking dudes on, on planet earth. I, I'm, I am curious, and I think a lot of congressional Republicans are curious about the FBI's role in January 6th. I think we're curious as to who planted the bombs. Remember, we were told that there were bombs planted outside the DNC headquarters. Well, what happened with that? Did we ever catch the guy who planted the bombs? That seems like a pretty big deal. Shouldn't we know? A lot, there are a lot of questions. Uh, but we, we do know that the, the feds just got caught uh, setting up and entrapping people to try, to, and, and trying to create a plot to go uh, uh, kidnap Democrat Governor Whitmer in Michigan. We do know that. We do know the feds do this. We do know there was some involvement. Anyway, anyway, I'm just raising questions. But what was the trial run for? Beyond all the noise, it was that some Republicans didn't believe the 2020 election. They thought there were shenanigans and they wanted there to be a, a, a debate, a recount. Paul Gosar and Ted Cruz proposed this idea of, of an electoral commission. We saw this in the 1870s when there were similar questions about the presidential election to go in and investigate. So we know that we have faith in our elections. I don't think there's anything crazy about that. The Democrats still haven't conceded the 2016 election. The Democrats still haven't conceded the 2000 election. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with raising questions and trying to make sure our electoral processes are sound. What's the trial run? A trial run for what? what? What AOC is trying to do is set the stage to delegitimize Republican political action. That's what, they're, that's what she's trying to do. She's trying to say, these guys, they're a threat to democracy. They can't be allowed to run for office. Marjorie Greene, Madison Cawthorn, Jim, they can't, you can't let, 
Donald Trump, who this is really all about. You can't let them run for office. Oh gosh, if they run for office, that'll be a threat to the republic. To save democracy, we have to destroy democracy. To save the constitution, we need to shred the constitution. That's what they're going to say. We can't let these people get their voice out in public. No, no, they need to be kicked off of Twitter. They need to be removed from the public square, which is where you do politics in, in a republic. Yeah, that, no, in, in order to save free speech, we have to destroy free speech. That's, that's going to be the argument. It's just a way to justify the, the further persecution of conservatives now two years out from a presidential election. Speaking of crazy women, I've got to get to this. I meant to get to it at the end of last week and we didn't have time. Amber Heard. Amber Heard is some celebrity lady. I guess she was married to Johnny Depp, who is a much better known celebrity man. And uh, she accused him of doing all sorts of terrible things to her. But then it turns out it looks like she did a lot of terrible things to him. And now they're in court talking about this. And uh, during this time in court, they played a clip of, of this woman sounding like a complete lunatic. I said to Travis, I said, no, I said to you, hey, tell Travis what just happened. Oh, you told me to do it. You told me to. You said, go do that. I said, no, tell him what just happened. And I lied. And that you punched me in the thing. You You figured it out. And you said, no, I didn't. What the are you talking about? And I I watched you you. lie. And then I I didn't punch you, by the way. I'm sorry that I didn't uh, uh, hit you across the face in a proper slap, but I was hitting you. It was not punching you. Babe, you're not punched. Don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. You, you know, you've been in a lot of fights. You've been around a long time. I know. Yeah. No, I, when you fucking have a close You face. didn't get punched. You got hit. I'm sorry I hit you like this. But I did not punch you. I did not deck you. I was hitting you. I don't know what the motion of my actual hand was. But you're fine. I did not hurt you. I did not punch you. I was hitting you. How are you? How, what am I supposed to do? Do this? I, I'm not sitting here about it, am I? You are. That's the difference between me and you. You're a baby. Because you start. You are such a baby. Grow the f- up, Johnny. physical fights. I did start a physical fight. Yeah, you did. So I had because, to get out of there. Yes, you did. So you did the right thing, the big thing. The, you know what? You are admirable. Okay, so this woman is admitting to doing all the stuff that she accused her ex-husband of, of doing to her. Uh, she's obviously a complete lunatic. I don't have any real sympathy or anything for her, uh, except that I can't really join the pity party entirely for Johnny Depp because the guy needs to get control of his household. Okay, the guy needs to lead. Okay, the, what, to quote Tony Soprano, "Whatever happened to strong men? Whatever happened to the quiet, silent type? Whatever happened to Gary Cooper?" Okay, what you're what you're seeing happen here at the level of this family, such as it is, and the family is the building block of society, so it's the fundamental political unit you're seeing throughout the entire society, is just complete disorder. Complete disorder. I, I don't know what spark came between these two that led them to get married in the first place, but something tells me it might not have been totally uh, the, the most virtuous of reasons. And there was total disorder here. He wasn't leading his family. She's a complete lunatic and was, was allowed to just do whatever she wanted. It, it, it's there, there was a line in The Crown, speaking of Hollywood, the show about the queen and the royal family, which is that it's in the little things that the rot begins. It's in the little things. The little things you just let people get away with. The little, the little uh, injustices that you just let go unanswered. And then that spreads, and that spreads like a cancer throughout society. And that there is no question, when you introduce the insane amount of disorder 
into the family that we have in the last 50 years, into the political community, for instance, by erasing our national borders that we have in the last 50 years. When you, the kind of disorder where you give a handful of oligarchs the control over all of speech. In our, when you introduce this kind of radical social disorder, your political system is going to go insane. The answer to that is not some long soliloquy about freedom in the abstract or equality in the abstract or rights in the abstract. The answer is get a hold of your political community. Bring some stability and order back to the family. Bring some stability and order back to the borders. But we need order in the country before we can talk about any of these sorts of things. Otherwise, the political system is going to go up in flames. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Matt Walsh Show, we will play the one clip that puts the debate over Disney grooming to rest and proves once and for all, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they do have an agenda to groom and indoctrinate children. Also, Elon Musk is now officially on the verge of becoming Twitter's new owner. And Democrats move to legally bar Marjorie Taylor Greene from running for re-election. If you can't beat him in the ballot box, just take him to court, apparently. Plus, Taylor Lorenz comes up with the lamest possible excuse to justify doxing libs of TikTok. And in our daily cancellation, a stay-at-home dad weeps over the fact that his son is becoming, quote-unquote, traditionally masculine. What's a gender-bending dad supposed to do in that situation? We'll talk about all that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.